we are talking about the greatest run in the history of comic books and the greatest creation to emerge from that incredible run. Galactus. Yes, Galactus, the devourer of worlds, is our subject of the day. A visual like none other before it. The best, absolutely the best design of all space and time. An inspiration for so much that followed. We celebrate the groundbreaking run that introduced Galactus, the outstanding talents that created him. This is the run that provided the firmament, the foundation for modern day Marvel Comics. Galactus is on deck and we need to discuss him before he devours us all. Today on an all new Observations. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld, and pop culture and comic books are always served. They are always on the menu here at Observations. It is a menu that we uh, continue to go over, flip back and forth, add new pages to as we consume all things comic books and pop culture. And this is from my own personal kind of experience. I'm walking you through my life with comics and pop culture and having watched it changed in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s, in the 2010s, in the 2020s. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. But comic books are a form of sustenance, not just for me, but for so many of you. They have inspired us. They have thrilled us. They have blown blown us just to the back of the room, off our chairs. They, they, they have, they have, they have us running out of the movie theaters, screaming at, at what we just saw, at, at what comic book material was just adapted with a two hundred million dollar vast budget, and and some of the biggest names in Hollywood writing, directing, producing, starring in these incredible. Uh, cinematic adventures based on the comic books that I grew up with, the comic books I was pulling off the spinner rack as a young child. You're, you're turning on streaming platforms. You're turning on television networks. You're, you're, you're playing these in games. And most, maybe most importantly, and I don't talk about it enough, but boy, it is going to dominate. It may be the first, second, third, and fourth course of our uh, episode today is a toy. None other than a toy. A toy that that came to me uh, as as a part of a combination with with Marvel Comics and in Marvel Entertainment and Hasbro Toys, and right as at the end of the pandemic, crowdfunding was surging, and crowdfunding for toys was going through the roof. And I am on a uh, mailing list for Hasbro because I have always been a an action figure guy. I'm an action figure guy. Yes, I lived through the 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 <laughs> The 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 70s, the early 70s, where my my dad, forgive me, forgive me my my laughter. My father, wonderful man, never did anything but encourage me to draw comics, encourage me to follow my my passion with my art. Um, I don't I don't believe he understood me very well. I've ta- I've, I've got episodes about he and I taking the train down to San Diego when I was uh, 14 years old to go to my first San Diego comic convention. And my dad was always, when, when, when we would walk into a comic store uh, as a Baptist minister, a very straight-laced, a very straight-laced good boy scout of a man. Uh, and, and if you're asking about, uh, my, my dad passed, around, passed in 1999, okay? He has not been with us for so long, but his impact on me uh, is, is, is just, gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel it my entire life. And and he just had a great 
demeanor about him, even when he didn't understand things. And he did not understand comic books, even though when I got into him, he said, oh, you know, somewhere in a trunk in Michigan, I have a bunch of Captain Americas. Now, maybe had he told me that at a different time, point in time, I would have gotten on a boat, a train, a car, or a plane, or a helicopter, and made, my, made sure I got back to Michigan to get that trunk, pry that trunk open, and find those comic books. His uh, older brother, uh, my uncle Doug, also passed away, uh, mentioned it to me once later when I actually got hired in comic books. He was out here on a visit in, uh, in 1988 and said, oh, you know, your father and I have a trunk of comic books, you know, back in Michigan. And I'm like, why are you taunting me? With the trunk of comic books, why do you taunt me? But again, it was never, you know, part of my consideration. Now, given the culture that we have, with with uh, you know how people chase down these comics and and and, and get them slabbed and, and graded and you know evaluated, I, I I probably would be like, I, I can meet you in Michigan tomorrow. I can be there tomorrow. Let's pry open that trunk. The the next time I I mentioned the trunk to my uncle. Uh, years after my father had passed, he came out for a visit. Uh, he, he told me, ah, that, that's gone. We, we got rid of that. It, it, those, those comics are long gone. And, uh, you know, again, I will be haunted by the fact that I did not hunt down the trunk. And uh, But my dad said there was Captain America comics. He specifically mentioned Captain America comics, which would have been, you know, obviously a, a domain of, of something in, the, in World War II era. So, I would have truly loved to have experienced that because he's telling me that in the 70s, you, you, you can bet, bet your bottom dollar, you know, my dad is a, is a kid in, in, that, in that Captain America World War II era. So, what are we here to talk about today? Toys, Hasbro, Marvel, crowdfunding, okay? This is, this is the kind of stuff that, 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 that I'm here to share with you and why I'm redirecting it is because as great as my dad was, he would have looked at what I opened and, 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 and the entire source of this episode as, uh, as me, because this is how he processed things. This is how he processed it. This is what I'm building up to. He, would, he didn't say it in a mean way. It was a process. He's like, so you're playing with dolls. <laughs> so you're playing with dolls. And I just want, as, as I know my dad is looking down on me right now, still trying to figure me out, going, what? <laughs> what? What went right and what went wrong with 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 my son Robbie he always called me Robbie well dad I'm still playing with toys I'm still excuse me I'm still playing with dolls and no other doll is quite as impressive as the crowdfunded Hasbro uh Marvel Galactus this this is a 32 inch 32 inch toy this is a three feet I mean, almost, almost, just shy of 36 inches. This thing is is a magnificent, amazing, uh, solid, crafted, incredibly sculpted uh, mass of the most amazing plastic I have ever held in my hands. And, uh, you know, my, my wife was like, wow, the way you're looking at that doll, uh, the way you're looking at that action figure, the way you're looking at that toy. Last night, she goes, man, you are, it's all over your face. Now, now, Again, at the end of the pandemic, Hasbro and Marvel, because uh, Hasbro has the license for all the Marvel toys. And man, like I said, I have collected these my entire life. My dad would be like, so we're, we're playing with dolls. <laughs> and, uh, and like I said, it, 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 was, uh, it was just his way of, 
Well, it's not something he taunted me. Uh, he, he's not, you know, some mean dad in some sitcom or some, you know, he didn't hound me like, like in Chris, in, in Christmas story with, with uh, it'll shoot your eye out kid repeatedly. Okay. About the red rider gun. He just, he just kind of processed it once or twice. But when you're a kid, you hear it and you're like, eh, it, 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 can, can we call them action figures? Can we, can, can we get up? Can we get any other name aside from dolls? But at the time, what was all over the shelves was Star Trek. Uh, by Mego, you got you got Captain Kirk, you got Spock, you got Klingons, you got the Planet of the Apes, which was really the, the stuff that I had the most of. Uh, uh, General Urko, Zaius, Cornelius, uh, just the Planet of the Apes, you know, just just ape soldiers. Uh, so so they really were dolls, and they were listed as dolls. And again, you're kind of like, hey, I'm not walking out with Barbie. Uh, I'm walking out with with Planet of the Apes. This is cool, but you can't really cut. The umbilical cord from one to the other. Okay, uh, Galactus is a toy. Uh, he he feels like he's a little too big to uh, be an action figure. I can actually uh, see myself nursing him at the size that he has. Uh, uh, you know, cradling him ever so carefully and having him um, suckle on me for his um, necessary milk to sustain his life. He looks freaking real. This Galactus is real. My galactic baby, my galactic baby is out of the box. He's in my house. I'm looking at him now. I am so excited. Am I doing an entire episode on Galactus? Yes. Are you going to listen to an entire episode on Galactus? You know you are because we are going to go into what makes Galactus so great. Why was my wife like the way you're looking at this toy? You'd, you'd think there was something going on between you. Uh, you guys, Galactus embodied as this toy. And I got to tell you, they keep making him bigger. Okay. Uh, a couple, you know, he was a Build-A-Figure for a while. And, and you, you assembled him. Then they did another bigger version of that. Then, in, then there was a San Diego exclusive that I, that I still have. It's, it's right in, in the other room. And I have never taken it out of the plastic because the other one that I have, which is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say the other one is about probably 16 inches tall, especially with the, 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 the helmet's wingspan. Um, the, uh, the, the, that Galactus is, is the one that has gotten the most mileage in terms of, I guess I was probably in my late 30s, early 40s, posing him and flying around the house with him. Yes, I said late 30s, early 40s, um, and 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 more importantly, involving him in our toy drafts, our family toy drafts. Now I'm going to get back to that in a minute. The toy drafts, but but Galactus continues to be a toy that, like the next set of designers and and creators and sculptors, is like, yeah, I, I can one up that. Yeah, I, I can do that better. As it stands, Galactus is the biggest uh, sculpted, you know, sculpted representation of a comic book figure in my house at this moment. There was one slightly bigger that had a Venom pool two years ago. I had to put it all back in the box. It weighed 170 pounds. I got put it back in the styrofoam and I sequestered it away in storage. It was the, it, it, it took up like three by three feet, three feet long, three and a half feet tall. Uh, it it just did not go anywhere uh, feasible in our house. But this Galactus, I'm getting away with it. Okay, the box alone, my wife is like, "What is on our doorstep?" And and I could not believe my 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 excitement. And you know what? All my friends got their Galactus first. Have you have you all? 
felt that before? Have you, have you, you know, let's go back, let's go back to when your friends were buying Star Wars and G.I. Joe and whatever, and they were getting them for birthday presents before you had time to get to Christmas, and they were opening their toys before you were opening yours, and you're like, I, I hope I get this one. There was a guy on our street corner named Mike. Mike had the sweet long hair like, like, uh, like Eddie Van Halen, but he, but he, he, he actually looked more like, you know, one of Crosby, Stills, or Nash. Um, just kind of long, stringy, blonde hair. He was, he was my age. When I was 10, he was 10. And his parents made sure that he had everything first on the block. Everything first on the block. If there were new, new Star Wars figures out, he had them. If there were new Planet of the Apes figures, he had them. Mike had everything first. And uh, so we'd all go and oogle and, and oh, and again, back then, you understand, it wasn't just Star Wars figures. They, they, they'd put out Han Solo's blaster and holster, and they'd put out, you know, lightsabers. And so it, somehow, somewhere, it's like they sat outside of Sears or Montgomery Ward. These are, these are uh, familiar, familiar, you know, shopping centers to the people who were growing up in my time. Obviously, Sears is still around, but M- Montgomery Ward's, uh, Sears, I've mentioned Gemco. These are department stores, the department stores of, of the 70s. And it, it was almost like they stood out there and they made sure that they got access to it right before uh, any of us. There was no Amazon. Nobody was delivering it to, to their door before we could get a chance to order it. It was like you had to go and buy it or there was the catalogs. And again, if you're ordering out of the catalogs, you're all going to kind of get it around the same time. My my uh, parents allowed me to, to, to buy different toys from the, the Sears catalog. The Sears catalog, you, you talk to a kid in the 70s maybe all the way through the mid 80s because they had GI Joe stuff in there. Okay. You talked to a kid who who was looking at that catalog. That that was like Christmas morning before Christmas morning because that that the photography, the pictures of action figures yet to come, action figures that you didn't have. One of the things that my parents got me out of the Sears catalog for instance was the the Cantina. Uh the 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 Star Wars Cantina which which would have been coming out in 1978 was something that I ordered from I told my parents, they said, would you like something from this? Would you like something ordered, you know, in time for Christmas? And I picked out the, the Star Wars Cantina, which came with a base and a cardboard backing and, and some different, you know, uh, uh, places that you could put the, some pegs and, and, they, and, and they would be uh, manipulated. They were on circles, so you had a lever that you could turn them. It was state-of-the-art toy technology at the time. The, the, the Star Wars Cantina scene brought to life and I wanted the Star Wars Cantina, and that was new and fresh. And I asked my parents, and they ordered it for me. And so it, it, it arrived in time for uh, for Christmas. But but on a level playing field, you know, Mike would beat all of us. He had all of the stuff first. Well, in regards to Galactus, I have watched last the last two weeks as all of you, and you know who you are. You're getting these delivered on the regular. You're posting up your pictures. My Galactus arrived. My Galactus arrived. My Galactus arrived. My my buddy who does my whatnots with me, he got two. And I was like, hey, hey, hey wh- wh- how d- did you get a tracking number? Like, and so I immediately, because I'm like, Dave has two. Dave has two Galactuses. And my pride kept me from saying, could I, could I take one of those off your hands? <laughs> As I was like, can, can I, can I take one of those off your hands? Well, at one point he's like, Rob, you know, do you want, no, no. He, he actually said, Rob, do, do you, do you, do you want you know, I can front you mine until yours comes because I had shown him I had one, I had one on the way, but it was like, no, I'm going to wait until the one that I ordered that I paid for that needs to come to me. It needs to come to my house. Well, did I fire off a very polite, very kind, and, and I mean that because every email. Look, here's the best advice I'm going to give you: don't put something in, in a mail you're going to regret. 
I don't care if you're so, do not put words that are going to be returned to you, read out loud, shown to other people. So it was a polite, hey, Hasbro, just following up on when I can expect my order. And you know what? They got back to me that day. Hasbro, good customer service. You got back to me. You said, yours is about to ship out. Lo and behold, a few days later, boom, I have it. My 32-inch Galactus. It's at this point where you're like, if he doesn't tell me who Galactus is, I'm turning this thing off. If he doesn't tell me who Galactus is, I'm going to tell you who Galactus is. Galactus is the devourer of worlds. Yes, the devourer of worlds. He eats planets. Yep, you heard me right. And I encountered Galactus in 1975 when in the middle of all of the other Marvel comics that were coming out, Marvel had a Galactus storyline, not the Galactus storyline, but a Galactic a Galactus storyline upon which he would battle the high evolutionary who you're going to meet in Guardians of the Galaxy uh, 3, the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie that's coming out here real soon. We were in San Diego in Hall H when the actor who was portraying high evolutionary walked among us and then eventually made his way on stage to threaten all of us. He was in full high evolutionary makeup, gear, armor, regalia. So the high evolutionary and Galactus squared off there was the golden gorilla. It was extremely exciting. And, and it was at that time that I saw Galactus is, you know, he's the size of, as depicted by Jack Kirby on some of these covers and John Buscema on the interiors. He's like, you know, 30 stories tall. This dude is somewhere between 25 and 30 stories tall. He is enormous. He is giant. He stands in the air. But let me tell you something. No matter who's drawn Galactus, they don't stray too far from this state-of-the-art, here I am about to drop it, I'm about to drop it, here it comes, get ready, you know, get ready to duck the greatest costume design ever, ever, that I've ever seen. It trumps all Star Wars, all G.I. Joe, all Transformers, from the mind of the immaculate talent of Jack Kirby. Jack, they called him the king for a reason, Jack the King Kirby designed Galactus. Galactus, the devourer of worlds. He eats planets. He was first introduced in the pages of the Fantastic Four, number 48, number 49, and number 50. I was not partaking in comics. I, I, I did not, you know, obviously get these comics when they came out. But when I was getting in, they were being reprinted. Um, with with great regularity, Marvel had treasury size editions of Fantastic Four that they were putting out. They had pocketbooks. But what I have before you is my 1978 Fireside books. I did an entire podcast on Fireside books and how that they really made the first graphic novels and that they were in all the bookstores in the 70s, early 80s. It is one of my favorites because it really represents an aggressive publishing plan and and, and it was in fitting with Marvel's uh, edict to get as much of their product into the, 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 the reader's hands beyond comic books, into bookstores, into libraries. And the Fireside, Fireside was the label that, that, that licensed all of these classic Marvel works at the time. We're talking Origins of the Marvel Superheroes, Son of Origins, Bring on the Bad Guys, and then individuals like Fantastic Four, Doctor Strange. Um, the, 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 they did so many great collections that were going into so many different kids' hands that mom and dad would feel good about buying this. It wasn't a comic book. It wasn't flimsy. It looks like it has great, greater value. It can go on a bookshelf. Well, 1978 Fireside, uh, Fireside Books, a Fireside Books, published by Simon & Schuster, it says in the back, did the Fantastic Four and the Galactus story, the original Galactus story from Fantastic Four 48, uh, Fantastic Four 49, and Fantastic Four 50 is what 
is among the amazing uh, uh, comic books that they that they reprinted in this edition. You got some great Prince Namor, Submariner. You got uh, Doctor Doom stories in here. I mean, th- this stuff was was straight up was was straight up off the charts. I mean, it was uh, some of the most exciting and uh, most riveting comic book stories I'd ever encountered. And how could it not be? It's done by the king of comics, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. And this was in the throes of, of what is considered. And I'm going to, I'm going to put whatever weight that, that I have behind this. Uh, you're going to say Liefeld, you're crazy. I'm going to challenge you. Uh, pr- prove me wrong. These, this stretch of the fantastic four, which goes, I, I believe it goes back to right around fantastic four, 44, and 45, 46, 47, you, you are introduced to the Inhumans. Stan and Jack go on this run that lasts 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 54. It's, it's about a 10-issue run that, in my mind, refined Marvel Comics, made Marvel Comics into the dynamo that it is. And it is the reason why everyone swoons when they mention the Fantastic Four. In that span of books... You met the Inhumans. You were taken to the Great Refuge. You, that means you met Black Bolt and Medusa and Lockjaw and Gorgon and Karnak. And you met Maximus the Mad. Okay? And then, coming out of that storyline, immediately coming out of that storyline, you met Silver Surfer. You, were, you encountered Galactus in, again, what I believe is the finest, best storyline Marvel ever produced. It is the number one storyline Marvel has ever produced. And you guys know how I, how I feel about the X-Men and Magneto and the Savage Land and Proteus and the Hellfire Club and, and the way I feel about Dark Phoenix and Days of Future Past. But in the Avengers with Korvac and Kang, there are so many comic book stories that I love. And I love DC Comics. But Galactus is a representation of what I believe has always separated Marvel from DC is the quality I mean, not just the quality, the, the, the sheer amount of amazing villains, the sheer amount of amazing villains that Marvel has produced, whether it is Spider-Man's rogues gallery, as I've gone through before with you, and at a drop of the hat, I can go Doc Ock, Green Goblin, Craven, Mysterio, uh, you know, Kingpin, Lizard, Sandman, D- did I say Vulture, did I say Green Goblin, okay? I mean, wow! What I what I arguably believe is 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 up up there as greatest rogues gallery of all time. Now the Batman people go, what? But what about Joker and Clayface and Penguin and Riddler and Bane and Catwoman and uh, all great, fantastic. That they that is one of I, I believe Batman's rogues gallery goes head to head with Spider Man for the greatest rogues gallery in terms of genius depictions of characters and names. And, and yet, they're all kind of street level. They're all street level heroes. They're all, you know, uh, it's, like, it's like Daredevil's bad guys. And, and some of these, these more uh, just grounded, you know, certainly Green Goblin, Green Goblin flies through the air on his sled. Vulture flies with his wings. Mysterio is in, indeed mysterious. But, but they're not that next level, like, like threat level, okay? Green Goblin has never tried to take over the world, not, not, not in any convincing manner, not in a way that made the Marvel Universe like, oh my gosh, we have to unite and stop. You know, Green Goblin, I think I might have just said Green Lantern. I meant Green Goblin. <laughs> Green Goblin is as Green Goblin is threatening us. We must unite. That is the domain of Doctor Doom and Magneto. And no one trumps all of them 
like Galactus in this first storyline that introduced Galactus. But it's not just that he devours worlds. It's not just that, that, that he has a cool name and that he creates heralds that visit worlds before him. Like Silver Surfer, when we met Silver Surfer and we understood that he was the scout he was the scout. He operated as the scout for Galactus. He would find planets that he deemed worthy of Galactus to consume. We're going to get to that in a minute. But none of that matters outside of the fact that there is no more powerful visual. And this is why that Fantastic Four era, when you're meeting the Inhumans and you're meeting Maximus and Silver Surfer and Galactus, and right after you're going to Wakanda, you know, there's a there's a one issue echo that follows the Galactus saga called This Man, This Monster, which really has the thing reevaluating his life, his emotions, his resentment at what he's become. It's powerful. It may be the one most celebrated single issue of the Fantastic Four. Um, but this this era that I'm talking about with the Inhumans and Silver Surfer and, and Watcher, and, and you didn't meet Watcher for the first time in, in this Silver Surfer saga. The Watcher first encountered us, first appearance with us, I wasn't there, was 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 uh in the Fantastic Four, I believe it's issue thirteen with the Red Ghost, and and so, so so that is the uh, that that is the first time I am I am correct. It is Fantastic Four thirteen, uh, and and that is the first time that he you know came on our radar. And the Watchers were uh, beings who could not interfere with us. And if you've watched the the Disney What Ifs, which Here's a newsflash: I haven't, but the entire premise was built around the comic book premise. Was the whole entire you know idea for what if was that that there was this all-knowing being that would inform you of of things that could happen and did happen and parallels that occurred but but he can't interfere he he cannot interfere with any of it the watcher is sworn is sworn to only observe and as a kid you're like wow and, and the implication is he could step in and take on galactus at any time it may be ugly but he could, but he can't. And he and he tells everyone, I can only inform you. In fact, the watcher works in it in the first appearance of, of, of Silver Surfer, when this entire saga starts in 48, he acts as someone who was trying to throw Galactus off. He's, he's semi-interfering past, kind of beyond the point that he's supposed to. He is trying to throw Galactus off the, the, the scent of Earth, uh, dissuade Silver Surfer on his path to save Earth. He is creating asteroid fields and storms that look like fire in the sky that are intended to mask Earth. So the Watcher, he he loves humans. He loves the, M- the MCU, the Marvel, you know, comic book universe at the time. And he was, in fact, interfering beyond what he should, in, in just trying to cover, like, our location and not have Galactus find us. So, so the thing is that, that this, this era where where it finds the Inhumans and then Silver Surfer and then Galactus and this man, this monster, the, you know, isolated standout episode. Then you go to Wakanda. Yes, you meet Black Panther, T'Challa. You meet the kingdom of Wakanda in an epic two-part story, okay? You know, the Inhumans to Silver Surfer to Galactus to, 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 to you know, Black Panther, it, it's, it's almost, like, unimaginable how the audience in 1965 was encountering this. Because Stan and Jack had found their gear. They had absolutely found their gear on every possible level. And they were flexing as hard as one could flex in regards to, like, this is what we are capable of. And I just, I gotta gotta tell you, seeing it, you know, 12 years past in reprint form, I was blown away. That, that is the, the standard, um, and and uh, 
and, and the impact that it had on me. I mean, it was, it was, it was incredible. And, and, and it was 12 years later, but, but I reacted to these Galactus stories, Silver Surfer Watcher in the, in the same manner. But, but I'm going to get back to the fact that Galactus, all these incredible visuals, Maximus, in, you know, Black Bolt, Medusa, Gorgon, Karnak, you know, Black Panther is coming. Um, the incredible, incredible, the incredible visual representation. Galactus is the greatest costume design ever. Maybe one of the most uh, important costume designs ever because all of the DNA of everything that is yet to come from Jack Kirby that is going to populate his later works that is really the, the, the blueprint for everything that we're going to see coming out of the new gods and the, and the fourth world, which gives you dark side because they're like, hey, new gods, fourth world. I don't know what you're talking about. Liefeld, this is my first time. Okay, if you've seen Darkseed, Dark Side represented in DC on the Justice League cartoons, uh, in in the Zack Snyder film, Dark Side, Dark Seed, however you choose to to, to pronounce it, uh, is a New Gods bad guy that was in the late seventies, early eighties, adopted as a Justice League villain and never looked back because the, again, the the villains, the the the, the Doctor Dooms, the Magnetos, the the, the Galactuses, they are next level. They're next level cosmic threat level. Kang the Conqueror. I mean, Ultron. I mean, the Avengers, X-Men, and Fantastic Four have these next level cosmic threats. You know, that that I just never felt when I would watch Amazo, a, a character that embodied all of the different, you know, Justice League powers. I just never felt like Amazo was going to threaten the planet either. I never I never um, felt that, that many of, of Flash's villains... As much as I liked Gorilla Grodd um, and 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 the Clock Man, I just didn't think that they were going to threaten us. Sinestro, Sinestro with Green Lantern, you're getting up there. But but I digress. Galactus is the single greatest character design ever. He visually takes your breath away before you know anything about him. And I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna, I'm I'm going to I'm going to get back to that toy draft, okay? And I'm going to talk to you about two kids who know nothing. They don't know him as the world devourer, the devourer of worlds. They don't know that he creates heralds out of different people on different planets and subjugates them to his rule and, and servitude and, and imbue, imbues them with incredible cosmic powers that are that they could take on the entire lineup of the Fantastic Four and the Avengers, perhaps combined. They just see Galactus. They just see this guy, his helmet alone, the Galactus helmet alone is, is possibly one of the most amazing designs. The combination of banding, these, these wings on his head, these, these, I call them wings, but, but these side prongs coming off his helmet. Uh, the toy comes with them separately because they, they had to fit him into this box. And so you, you carefully, you know, plug them into their, 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 their sockets after you receive your Galactus toy. This toy, again, standing at 32 inches, I'm looking at it right now. It is, it is, even my wife was like, the hands, the hands have the Kirby armaments, the Kirby, all the different banding and, 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 and the, and the intricacies. Jack Kirby made armor and designs that are, that, that have never been replicated. They've only been duplicated, never replicated. He had a truly, uh, once in a lifetime imagination, a state, a state of the art, uh, visionary. Like no one ever has ever encountered before or since, and you can throw like designers like Sid Mead at me. You you can talk about Jean Girard, also known as Mobius. No, 
they are not in that in that same vein. This guy, uh, but but between Doctor Doom and Magneto, so we're, we're still in Jack's sketchpad. And like I said, the Inhumans, Maximus, Blastar, uh, Karnak. From, uh, I'm sorry, um, Ulick. Ulick. I said Karnak is an inhuman. Ulick is one of my favorite Thor villains. Go to all of Asgard. Odin's incredible armors, helmets. I, I just, I, I sometimes just, just sit and I gasp at all of the different armaments on that, that, that Jack created for all of the different Asgardian characters. Whether it was, you know, Odin or the Warriors Three with Fandral and Hogan, uh, you know, Thor himself, Lady Sif. Uh, you know, Balder, the, 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 the designs and the armors, and yet none of them are as breathtaking as Galactus, who, who has these giant shoulder, he has a shoulder harness, he has all these different bandings uh, around, around his arms and, and on his chest, he has giant gauntlets with these, uh, you know, again, really kind of thicker armored bands at the top. And at the bottom, and then some coils in between. Then you've got, I mean, he's got giant, massive, amazing boots with these different, like, piping, three different pipings that, that, that curl around. And, and, and there's a, there's a, there's a kind of a, a guard at the center of each boot. And then again, we get to the different levels of banding uh, that, that are layered on top of the shoe. But it is then the skirt. Yes, Galactus has like a skirt, like a Roman centurion skirt. It flares off on the right and the left, and then it has a centerpiece that goes straight down in the center, goes to mid-thigh. And then there's all the crazy banding. And, and Jack would, you know, draw some lines, dip down, you know, go, go at an angle on the banding, and then continue to curl it around. The, the, what I call the banding, and you can see it on all of, you know, some of the real standout characters. He would carry this to his Captain Victory days, his his very first independent comic work, which I've talked about in an episode called Pacific Comics. Captain Victory and the Galactic Rangers have this same uh, incredible design sense, and yet it's different. Each one, Captain Victory and, and, the, and the Galactic Rangers, you can see kind of their relation to the Eternals, whose relation to the new gods, and then the relation to Galactus. You can see it, but, but it all looks different. He has an incredible way of color coding and in combining and i don't think that anyone was ready for the deep purple lavender and blue combo that makes up galactus but galactus the helmet alone the helmet is twice the size of his head so it goes extremely high it's almost nonsensically high again you've got the side wedges i call them the wings that are that are uh that have a that, that are at, at a certain angle and then angle back up back but they go out and then in towards his helmet but the helmet with its heavy uh kind of jaw jaw guard it's it's uh oh cover covers his eyes only exposed is his is his nose and his mouth he is an ominous visual when you see galactus anytime galactus has been uh depicted i stop immediately i check it out i want to see how he looks like some of the greatest designs ever captain america which that that costume from head to toe is perfect. It should never be in any way augmented. Uh, it's perfect. It's timeless. Galactic is timeless, but he is so ridiculously, just just visually stunning and impressive that 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 I, I I'm going to tell you how he in his in my previous 
16, 17-inch Galactus with, with incredible articulation. And this also, this, this figure has such powerful articulation. It, it, it really feels like Jack Kirby was among these sculptors visiting them. His spirit was resting alongside of them as they constructed this. And, and whoever sculpted this put all manner of crazy time in this. The reason I think that this was uh, crowdfunded, it is a hefty price tag. And, and, and believe you me, the manufacturing, the packaging, the shipping, uh, the freight on this figure is significant. It is no small achievement. Yeah, I mean, I mean, imagine like having an action figure that's as big as the Millennium, the Millennium Falcon that you you wanted under your tree, you know, in 1980, 1979. I mean, he he is a playset in and of himself with arms, legs. He walks, he glows. I haven't gotten to the glow aspect. There's batteries. You put them in his centerpiece, his his um globes that are embedded in his helmet. They all flash. They blink at different at different junctures. I mean, this this toy is amazing. It befits the imagination. Of one Jack Kirby. Jack is the visualist. That Jack is the reason that these visuals work. Now, again, I'm not here to tell you who inspired what. We, we've covered Stan and Jack before. I have dedicated podcasts on Stan and Jack. I believe uniquely that Stan Lee was, I've, I've said to, to the modern audience, he is Ryan Seacrest. He is your host. He is the host of Marvel Comics. And this is Marvel Comics is akin to, and this is American Idol, which Seacrest does, and Seacrest would pivot and host, and he's very important. He's been part of all the uh, different various uh, incarnations of American Idol across Fox, across ABC with all the different hosts. What holds it together, the glue, is Ryan Seacrest. I'm not saying you're a Ryan Seacrest fan. You don't have to be a Ryan Seacrest fan any more than you have to be a Rob Liefeld fan, but the bottom line is his station in that show is extremely important. He then has a radio show where he is, you know, in essence, when you boil it all down, he's selling you music on his radio show. And then he has a morning talk show with Kelly Ripa that comes to you every single Monday through Friday, where he then is, you know, hosting different celebrities who want to come on and share with you their cool movies and TV and music. Stan Lee was the Ryan Seacrest of Marvel Comics. When it came down to that, that is his most important role. That doesn't take away anything you may think that he did or did not create. But we cannot dissuade the visionary people that he worked alongside with Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, uh, two of the most significant. Without them, you don't get Fantastic Four, The Avengers, Iron Man, Thor, X-Men, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. Boom, they're all gone. They're all gone. Those are the visual representations from these visionary imaginations that brought this, this, th- these, these characters to life on paper. And, and, and again, these aren't novels. You want a novel? Go pull one off the shelf at your bookstore or your library and sit and read it because it's words, you know, it's script on paper. It's words on paper. We're in the comic book business. I'm in the comic book business. These movies are made from comic books, which are graphic representations of stories that carry word balloons as their script, okay? Jack Kirby, in this span of the Fantastic Four and creating these characters was blowing minds. Jim Valentino, uh, my, 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 my good friend and, and, and fellow founder of, of Image Comics, and he is a current uh, acting partner with Image Comics. Jim Jim turned 70 uh, just recently. Happy birthday to Jim Valentino. Love you, buddy. Wish you all the best. Wish, wish you, your family, your your, your kids, uh, every, everybody, all the best. Uh, Jim, Jim is, uh, we had great conversations over Stan and Jack's Fantastic Four. Uh, he was, for, his, his guiding me towards Jack's storytelling, page design, gestures, is what really turned things around for me Short, really early on in my career, right after Hawk and Dove, 
right after I had done Hawk and Dove, I, I needed some new fuel. I needed some new guidance. I needed to continue to educate myself. And, 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 and Jim gave me his own personal copies of the Fantastic Four, his own childhood copies. He said, take these, devour these. Don't look at the drawing. Don't get caught up with the eye candy, the, the polish. Look at the, 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 what's, what's below that, the structure, the storytelling, the page design, the, the, the cropping of, of the images, the staging. And I did, and it helped me immensely. But you can't look at those works and go be like, what was going on in 1965? What was going on when, when the Inhumans arrived in Galactus and Silver Surfer? Again, the story uh, of, of these characters is, uh, is, is just, uh, it, 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 it's, it's, it's incredible. It is nothing shy of, of, I believe, the greatest run in the history of comics, even greater than the one that I worship with the Uncanny X-Men because you don't get the Uncanny X-Men without this. And, and without that comparison, they stand up toe-to-toe. This Jack Kirby work goes goes toe to toe with anything that you think is the best ever in comic books, and it's all this Fantastic Four forty eight forty nine fifty is 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 focused on this amazing visual this this character of Galactus, and none of it works without him, and none of it works without this visual representation. So so like I said, I'm not going to get into who did what. That's for another podcast. My view of Stan and Jack and who they are, what roles they played, you can look for in other podcasts. We have a toy draft. My 16-inch, uh, <laughs> my Galactus, uh, my previous Galactus toy figure, which I got in the early 2000s, which, which measures in the 16-inch category, is the most coveted toy in my collection, not by me, but by my uh, kids, my, my nephews, who... Love, love to stage toy drafts. Let me tell you what the toy draft is. So pretty much every action figure that I've ever opened and interacted with, and that's a lot. And, and in, the early in the early 2000s with, with Toy Biz and then later uh, you know, Hasbro, I was opening all of those toys, uh, especially you know, the cables, the Deadpools. But look, I've got them all. I've got, I've got Hulk. You know, I've got Doctor Doom, Silver Surfer, all the Fantastic Four characters, so many of the Avengers characters. I mean, I've got the old the Giant Man, Goliath. I've got Kang the Conqueror. I've got, you know, Mole Man. Uh, so many great villains. I've got Alpha Flight, Sasquatch. Uh, you name it. I've got some DC characters. I've got, especially when the Bruce Timm, uh, Justice League and Superman era. I've got those those versions of, of Superman, Batman, Batman Beyond, Green Lantern, Jon Stewart, uh, Wonder Woman. I've got new gods uh, action figures. I mean, it, it's probably let's call it about a, a bin, a bin of eighty opened action figures, and there's a giant apocalypse that is also about sixteen inches that came later to augment, complement uh, Galactus. There's a Sentinel, but the big characters are seen as the wow in the toy draft. Now, here's how we here's how we do a toy draft. It's it's the way you do your NFL fantasy draft or your MLB draft or your NBA draft. And this was started uh, with my own. Two boys, we used to do this, and then later on, a good friend, and you've heard early uh, season one episodes, uh, I would bring on a, a guest, a retail guest named Jimmy J. We wish Jimmy J all the best. Uh, he, he just had a, a brand new uh, uh, baby boy, and we just want to wish him all the best. He'll be back on the show soon enough. Jimmy J would come over uh, later later in our development of the draft. I, I did that with my sons, Chase and Luke. And what we would do, in, the, in, the, in all fairness, we would gather the action figures in the bin, and then we would each, you know, decide who goes first. And, you know, you would pick an action figure first. Now, who do you think 
is always going first. Let me tell you, without fail, it is always the previous largest version of Galactus. Now, do you think my sons, when we started this, when they were seven and five, because that's when it was started, seven and five, do you think they knew who Galactus was and that, you know, he created a herald, a uh, silver surfer who used to be Norrin Rad, who, who, who then, you know, goes to the, the planets and evaluates them, decides if they're worthy for Galactus to, to, to put in a blender and eat, because that's really what he has to set up as a cosmic blender. And we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. They, they just thought he looked cool. They just go, Galactus, he's big, he's awesome, he's powerful, he's amazing. Well, later on, as we incorporated my nephews, my nephew Caden and then um, my, my, my youngest nephews are, are Levi and Milo. And uh, one of the joys of when Levi and Milo come to my house is within a matter of seconds. I would say minutes, but with a matter of seconds, it's, hey, can we, um, you know, can we go check out those toys? Can we get the toy, the toy bin? And and uh, Levi can't he can't with with withhold his energy for this and his enthusiasm. And even as recently as the last holiday, uh, and now as he becomes a young teenage man, I, I, I it'll be interesting to see. But the thing that I was so excited by was the last time that we all got together for the holidays. My twenty-something uh, nephew, Caden, uh, and my twenty-something son. Uh, Luke, obviously, and then my late teens, he was, he was 19 at the time, Chase. They were like, we'll do it. Let's do it. Because they know what it means uh, to do this with Levi and Milo. And at the end, I'm called in as the judge now because I, the, 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 because I have not um, given more action figures to the cause. I've kept it around that, that 80 that, that are already opened. Uh, you know, and, 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 and they're all... Besides the Bruce Tim Justice League figures, which are, are obviously a little smaller, but they, they are mostly the, the domain of six inch, the six inch action figures. And, uh, you know, so, so, so the kids get to this draft and then eventually after they select all their different picks, you know, and, and look, Luke Liefeld may have, he, he may have uh, Orion from the New Gods uh, standing alongside an Age of Apocalypse depiction of Magneto and Wolverine, and he'll have um, the, the, He'll have like Superboy and Monel uh, from and Supergirl from the Legion of Superheroes, and he's learned like, wow, three Superman is hard to trump. I mean, that is hard to beat, and and he goes for those super, you know, that 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 Superman extended kind of family of characters and powers. So they 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 understand that beyond the cool factor, they want power. They want power levels. So these Liefeld family drafts that happen, and they really they got new life you know, with my nephew Caden, and then they got new life, newer life with my young nephews who are, you know, now going to grow up. I mean, I mean, not quite to the, to the 10 years old, but 14, I mean, 13, these are happening. This has happened. They're getting older, but they still have an appetite for this stuff. And, and, uh, and so, so when Levi and Milo, you know, join with, with my, my, nephew Caden and my, and my sons, Chase and Luke. And yes, this is the, all are welcome, but the, the, the girls for, for, uh, <laughs> for reasons I think you'd understand just are like hard pass. Um, we'd rather check out TikTok and, uh, and, and, uh, and Instagram, but this generally the, the, the drafting process takes the better part of like 45 minutes because everyone really pontificates. They, they consider carefully, but who goes first and who does my 
nephew Levi want each and every time he wants that Galactus. He wants it. And you want to know why? Because he just looks so damn cool. He just looks so damn cool. Those, again, those side prongs, what I call wing, that elaborate um, helmet, this, this, this shoulder harness, the gauntlets, this, this really regal, you know, like gladiator skirt that, that, that that's flares flared out on the left and the right and then has the centerpiece uh that the enormous that the weight of these boots and then they've understood you know how, how galactus is this all-encompassing all-powerful being so so he checks all the boxes but i'm going to tell you right now if he was just uh a guy with a red cloak around him if he if he looked like the emperor uh from star wars who who, who let's change that cloak from black to red because uh, I'm looking at one of the red guard off out of the corner of my eye that is positioned on a shelf uh, that was was uh, was surrounding Snoke in uh, in the Last Jedi. So 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 that that that's what I'm like. If if Galactus looked like that, they're not fighting for him. They're not fighting to see who gets him first. Trying to just the older kids trying to dissuade Levi and try and lead him down another path towards another character. Another character. If you if you just had a big red cloak and you'd say, oh, but he's all powerful. No, they want Galactus because he looks so damn cool. And and he and he and if you have him obviously in your pile and you know the history, you know, it's hard to to not vote that you you are in like at least the top tier if you've got Galactus among you. So Galactus arrives in the pages of Fantastic Four. This incredible visual representation. There's a great setup. Again, the watcher is trying to throw him off everyone's trail. The Herald of Galactus, who scouts in the beginning of the book, the, the scrolls. Uh, an alien race called the Scrolls, who you're going to continue to learn more about as you watch uh, Secret Invasion, which I think is airing next year on Disney Plus. The the the, the new Marvel uh, Secret Invasion, where where a bunch of Scrolls have been here forever, and 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 from the Scrolls' inception, they are shapeshifters, and but they are an alien race, and they are trying. They see the Silver Surfer in the skies, and they want to throw their ships and their planet off off that radar because they don't want Galactus to devour them. Well, Silver Surfer arrives in Earth. He's evaluating it. Uh, he kind of makes his presence known. The Watcher appears to read Richard Sue Richards, Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, Ben Grimm, kind of alerts them to this. Uh, Galactus arrives. He announces his 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 arrival, and and the first uh, page. I'm, I'm holding it right here. I've got my I've got my fireside book, and uh, the last page. There it is. You can hear these these flipping the last page of. 48 has Galactus and he says my journey has ended this planet shall sustain me until it has been drained of all elemental life so speaks Galactus and Stan's blurb says and and and, and he is standing on top of the Baxter building looking down on the Fantastic Four and and it says next issue prepare for wonderment without end Marvel's Without measure, scenes of mind-staggering fantasy, supergalactic grandeur, soul-searching spectacle for the greatest, grandest adventure, thrill of all time. You dare not miss it, so speak, Stan and Jack, Nuff said. Then the next splash page is If This Be Doomsday, the blurb as the, we, we now get it, we reverse the camera and this splash page is the, the, the awe. And, and, and fear on the face of the Fantastic Four on Reed, Sue, Johnny, and Ben. And it says, Galactus has landed on Earth. Any additional words of ours would simply pall besides the awesome portent of that one staggering phrase, Galactus has landed on Earth. And humanity itself totters on the brink of doomsday. So in that first 
issue. You got, you know, Silver Surfer encountered Johnny and 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 the thing, and right at the end of their conflict, because they have arrived home from the great refuge after battling among uh among the inhumans and taking down Maximus. That issue that that storyline has a few issues of resolve before we then get them back to New York City and we see Silver Surfer in the skies out in space and then he arrives and they battle. Uh Silver Surfer battles Ben and and and, and battles uh battles Johnny and 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 the thing is that the surfer falls away and we don't cut back to see where he goes until the next issue and he is nursed back to health by Alicia Masters um who is the blind sculptress and the beloved of Ben Grimm. And the beauty of this story is that through Alicia Masters, who is blind, who who reaches Silver Surfer's soul, she she reaches him with her particular brand of love and humanity and realizes he must stand against Galactus. They can't possibly devour the earth. All the while Galactus is making preparations and he is assembling his uh his machine that will strip the earth of its energy. It's like a giant blender. It will all go into the blender, which will then be going into Galactus himself, who sustains himself from the energy of the worlds that he destroys. And that is what gives him life and gives him power. Now, eventually in the 80s, John Byrne does a great, you know, trial of Reed Richards because the existence of Galactus is, is, is so threatening that they, they are putting on trial, you know, Reed Richards for, for his, his decisions and, 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 and the consequences that they created in his interactions and maybe the mercy that he has brought galactus in the past there's a cover of fantastic four that uh every 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 80s kid flips over and 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 my buddy matt shout out to you matt he has so many pages of this issue it's it's staggering fantastic four 243 they've made a diorama a toy they've made a, a re, they've recreated this uh has the Fantastic Four and the Avengers battling Galactus. Galactus is standing there exactly like my amazing action figure right here. Reed Richards is wrapped all around him, across his arms, his waist, and is stretching out beyond his arm, looking back to punch him. Iron Man is flying behind him, blasting Galactus in the head. Uh, The Thing is on top of his shoulder, pummeling him. Doctor Strange is, uh, is, is... descending down and in, in looks to, to, to be casting a spell. Thor is smashing his hammer into his uh, in, into his left leg while Cap is smashing his uh, shield into Galactus's right leg. And, and Johnny is flying by across the cover, blasting uh, Galactus in the chest with his flame. The cover of Fantasy Four Two Forty Three is one of my favorite covers of all time. It is one of the finest uh comics John Byrne has ever produced. And what happens inside this comic is exactly what I am talking to you about. And the great part is, speaking of street-level heroes, in this story, in this Fantastic Four 243, which is another amazing, fantastic story, but it's it's the consequences of how Reed deals with Galactus at the end of this, which is he he is eventually put on trial by a high tribunal. You know, because Galactus is that important. He is that big of a deal that he devours worlds and there are survivors of those worlds who want to see justice done. But in that issue, the, the Avengers and the Fantastic Four are battling to see if they can stop and, and beat and defeat Galactus yet again. And Spider-Man and Daredevil, it's such a poignant moment. They are seated on rooftops in Manhattan and they resolve themselves to all we can do is watch. We couldn't make a difference here. My Billy Club and your powers and webs are not going to make a dent on Galactus. And it's like, 
we the outcome of this will not be something that we get weighed in and we're, we're crime fighters we're superheroes but we can't affect this outcome it's a powerful powerful moment as a kid it resonates with you wow spider-man and daredevil realize that they are you know neutral their powers are neutered against something as as cosmic that that's taking all of the strength of thor all of the technological you know power in the armor that iron man can summon it's amazing galactus arrives and he assembles back in fantasy four number 49 he is assembling his machine what's like i said think of it as a giant blender and he's doing it all around the baxter building in the meantime uh again in the watcher tells them i can't do anything about this you should continue to fight and, and try and battle him watcher says but as you know i'm forbidden to interfere alicia reaches silver surfer who is who has been created by galactus who has that cosmic power and and reaches him and says please make a difference make a difference change the outcome in the meantime the the thing has jumped on 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 top of these different buildings during this Fantastic 449, this first meeting of Galactus, and he's destroying the construct that Galactus is assembling that will help him absorb this power. And so Galactus can't really be interrupted, and he puts a force field around him, and he's like, look, I've, I've, ind- I've endured enough from you insects. And he uh, contacts a robot that he calls the Punisher. Yes, the first appearance of Punisher <laughs> is not Frank Castle. It's this purple and green robot. Galactus calls him the punisher he is a heavily armed half robot half alive they describe uh 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 sent cyborg that will battle the fantasy four and keep them away from him uh in the meantime johnny goes up to the to hijack some just to see if he can penetrate get galactus's ship which is hovering but then back down below the punisher galactus says destroy them and the punisher takes on reed and sue and and ben simultaneously the end of 49 is is when uh is when the watcher finds hope in the fact that Alicia has reached Silver Surfer and Silver Surfer is flying off to confront Galactus in the final issue. Uh Silver Surfer and the Fantastic Four battle against Galactus, but what saves the day is the genius of Reed Richards who shows up with a handheld and you know I've always I've always wondered if it's a great bluff. But he says, "Back off." I have created the ultimate nullifier. And again, you got little Reed Richards looking up at giant. Now, in in subsequent appearances, people would make Galactus bigger and bigger and bigger. In this first appearance, he's he's maybe three to four stories tall. But in later appearances in Marvel, he's like 20 stories tall. He's 25 stories tall. He's enormous. He's gigantic. And and for me, I kind of like him the bigger he is. And uh, so so the ultimate nullifier, which, which Reed has constructed, used his incredible um his incredible uh savvy you know he has uh and and aided by johnny uh reed you know unleashes the ultimate nullifier and galactus says it's in the hands of a human and uh galactus says put it down you your feeble mind cannot begin to comprehend its power and uh, Reed's like, I can use this against you. I can use this against you. And, uh, you know, Galactus stands down because he realizes that if Reed uses the ultimate nullifier against him, if Reed uses, you know, this incredible technology against him, uh, you know, with, with a device that, that Johnny has retrieved, 
from, from Galactus's ship. If he uses this against Galactus, Galactus is finished. He's done. So the ultimate nullifier in the hands of Reed Richards, aided by Johnny Storm, you know, is, is what fends off Galactus, who, who says, I'll be back. You'll see me again. But then he strikes down Silver Surfer for his great betrayal. The fact that he took up arms against him. And uh, again, this is part of this entire saga. This, this, this three-issue Galactus trilogy, because it's three issues, 48, 49, 50, it's been called the Galactus trilogy. This is a riveting, kick-ass story. I mean, even the sequences where the Fantastic Four have to battle the Punisher, the Galactus' robot, not Frank Castle. Um, it, thrilling, exciting. The drama playing out between Alicia and Silver Surfer, the drama playing out with the Watcher as he's desperate for the Fantastic Four to connect the pieces. He can only kind of sort of point them like, Johnny, maybe you should fly up to Galactus' space station and look around, see what you can obtain. And then Reed, whose who's genius you know, allows him to work ultimate nullifier and display it in front of Galactus, who ultimately has to dismantle his blender and he leaves. But even the page where Galactus exit, he's not defeated. He's not felled. He, it's a three-quarter splash page. And all the cosmic energy is booming around him. And he says, the game is ended. The, the prize has eluded me. And at last, I perceive the glint of glory within the race of mankind. Be ever worthy of that glory, humans. Be ever mind, mindful of your promise, of your greatness. For it shall one day lift you beyond the stars or bury you within the ruins of war. The choice is yours. And he vanishes and his construct uh, 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 around and above and on top of the Baxter building um, vanishes with him. And the next day, the papers say Galactus vanishes. Uh, the Daily Bugle, of course, it's, it's great. Great nod to J. Jonah Jameson. The Daily Bugle uh, in one of these shots says, Publisher calls Galactus story... Publisher calls Galactus a hoax. Editorial by J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, another, the evening news says, Galactus vanishes. Fantastic Four not available to comment. Uh, the, the story that introduces Galactus is perfect. This ominous being that other worlds like the Scrolls are hiding from. The Watcher wants to protect us, uh, but is limited in what he can do. There's a, there's a full page, a full page splash where the Watcher uh, uh, in, in issue 48 is grows to, to Galactus size. And uh, Galactus says to him, so it was you who conspired to hide this paltry world from the eyes of Galactus. And Watcher says, heed my words, pillager of planets. This tiny speck of matter upon which we stand contains intelligent life. You must not destroy it. And Galactus says, what import of w- of what import are brief, nameless lives to Galactus? And then he says, Watcher, since you seem familiar with these puny creatures, I suggest you advise them to hold their tongues before I erase them all with one stroke. Uh, Galactus has been a badass since the minute he hit the comic scene. And no matter where he would appear with a new herald, as he did with Gabriel, who was uh, like an angel of doom in the, in the, in the early 70s, he, re- he reappeared with, with, with Gabriel. Gabriel held a, held a secret of his own, which I'm not going to reveal to you, but there was the, the Herald Gabriel following Silver Surfer. Later on, there would become Terax, who he would take a, a menace named, you know, Tyros, uh, 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 a warlord, a conqueror, and transform him into Terax. He would la- later take Johnny's girlfriend, Frankie Ray, and call her Nova. So Galactus has an incredible history with all of the great, powerful uh, characters and storylines. So many of the great, powerful characters characters and storylines in the Marvel Universe. And this physical, 
32-inch representation of him. When I took it out of the box yesterday, I was giddy. I was losing my mind. As I said, my wife was like, wow, you! I have never seen you this excited. And that is saying something given that she has seen me, you know, open up like my latest cable statue that I did keep that did fit completely on one desk. I had to move a lot of stuff around. Um, it is another like three by, by three and a half feet uh, construct statue. The base is more um, contained than the Venom Pool base, which was just, oh my gosh. Uh, she, she saw, she saw the wonderment, the excitement. I was a young kid again. I was 10 years old meeting Galactus. I was nine meeting Galactus for the first time in all of the great Firestone reprints, the, the, the pocket books that Marvel was doing. I was encountering Galactus, and I and, and every time I just think of that very first story where he came to destroy us all, and it took the combined might of the Silver Surfer, uh, the Watcher, Reed's genius, um, Johnny Storm's stealth bravery to to defeat the Devourer of Worlds. But if he had a, if it, if it was a guy in a red cloak, I'm not into him. It's this amazing. Uh, once in a lifetime blueprint for every great Jack Kirby design that followed. That that just is. I'm still. It is not yet 24 hours since I have have removed Galactus from from the box that could barely contain him in the first place, and I am still just my heart is racing. This this amazing mound of refined plastic is is blowing my mind by just the fact that it exists and that it looks almost as cool as Jack Kirby draw him drew him almost as cool as the greatest depictions by the king of comics. Galactus is, is nothing short of amazing. I, I need to underscore one very important aspect, one very important point. I, I, I've already mentioned it, but it needs to be said again. Galactus is great because two flesh and blood creators came together and, and united to, to give him to us. That incredible, fantastic forerun of Inhumans Galactic Silver Surfer Watcher, Black Panther. That that entire run is 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 two creatives clicking on all cylinders. It is why it is regarded as the greatest run in the history of comics. Yes, if I haven't said it enough, this episode, the this Fantastic Four year, this year of the Fantastic Four, you know, issues forty three, forty four to to fifty four, fifty six. This is one. Of the most formative years in the history of Marvel Comics, where just each issue built on the next, and and the fact that you invested in this 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 family of characters, this friendship, the, the, these 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 explorers who who were hit by cosmic rays and their lives were, were changed, and read through his you know genius super intellect was trying to always help mankind further us, and and Johnny dealing with his own hot temper and, and emotional impulses by also being a guy who 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 you know ignites as a fire being then 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 ben grimm the saddest of all of them how he reconciled his his hideous rock appearance his his craggly rocky you know uh uh visage with with the idea that you know he used to be this this handsome athlete sporto who 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 you know accompanied his friend on this this trip and was transformed for life and had has this beautiful woman who who loves him alicia masters who is a sculptor who is blind and she is key she is key in in thwarting you know galactus's plan because she turns silver surfer's perspective turns his heart and then sue storm who is the literally the mother 
kind of uh, uh, of the entire family, and then that she's in love with Reed, and 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 Johnny is her brother, and uh, and 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 so there there's literal family among them, and and they would encounter and uncover great secret civilizations like the Inhumans and that vast cast of amazing characters. The Inhumans is one of those one of those groups of characters, one of those comics I've always wanted to do a run on. I know that I would depict them fantastically. They they were on the earliest of the Fantastic Four cartoons in the sixties. And then they even had some some uh an, an Inhumans episode when when they brought the Fantastic Four back in the seventies with Herbie the robot, which I've 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 gone over the fact how uh the Fantastic Four couldn't depict human torch on television because they didn't want people kids you know trying to flame on i cover that in some great detail in an earlier podcast but uh the inhumans all those great characters i did them on a cover once with the x-men it was it was just an absolute pleasure to depict them i am such a fan again the unique designs the visuals i love these characters because the way they look the way they look is is what walks through the door first and we fall in love with them. And then the Silver Surfer and then Galactus. All of this. The, these stories. The humanity that the Fantastic Four brings. Even though they have these amazing powers. And their ability to to act as our audience surrogate. As we encounter all of these different um, you know, new wonders and threats. And there was no bigger threat than Galactus. And he remains to me the biggest uh, wonder in the Marvel Universe. I, I know that Thanos became the guy over the course of the 10 years of the MCU and the Infinity Gauntlet and the gems and the, the, the what, what culminated with the Endgame. But Galactus is still pretty much always in the minds of, of many of us who, who were there in the formative years of, of Marvel Comics. Maybe not there in 1962, 63, 64, 65, but then later, 76, 75, 74. I mean, when they were still giving us amazing Galactus stories, you looked forward. If Galactus was appearing, it was like Doctor Doom. It was like Magneto. It was it was special, and and so much of it was what what he was capable of. But you didn't get there without seeing these incredible visuals. This and this action figure. Can we even call it an action figure? It's almost three feet tall. It is. It is. It has weight. It has volume. It has mass. Uh, when I've shown it online in the last 24 hours, people flip out. They cannot believe that this exists. I mean, Marvel really and Hasbro, congrats to you. You guys outdid yourself. But what I want to do is uh, read to you the quote of Jack Kirby, who who spoke about the creation of uh, who spoke about the creation of Galactus. And I, this is just such a beautiful quote. When asked. You know, what was his inspiration for creating Galactus? And I'm going to try and do this in Jack's voice. I do a decent Jack. My inspirations were the fact that I had to make sales and come up with characters that were no longer stereotypes. In other words, I couldn't depend on gangsters. I had to get something new. For some reason, I went to the Bible and I came up with Galactus. And there I was in front of this tremendous figure who I knew very well because I've always felt him. I certainly couldn't treat him in the same way I could any ordinary mortal. And I I remember in my first story, I had to back away from him to resolve that story. The Silver Surfer is, uh, of course, the fallen angel. When Galactus regulated him to Earth, 
He stayed on Earth, and, and that was the beginning of his adventures. There were figures that had never been used before in comics. They were above, they were above mythic figures, and of course, they were the first gods. Boom. Now, if you're like, that, that's, some people have said, oh, that sounds like Stan. No, no, Stan would sound like this, true believer. Hey, heroes, it's Stan Lee coming to you, and this is what I have to say about the almighty Galacti, otherwise known as Galactus. That is not how Jack would have said, hey, this is my inspiration. Jack was a softer spoken, and that was his cadence. And that quote is, in fact, from Jack Kirby about he went to the Bible. And I came up with Galactus. Silver Surfer is the fallen angel. Basically, he was saying in, 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 in so many words that he had created the God. Uh, Jack, Jack views Galactus as a God, as God in the Marvel Universe, a, a, a decider of worlds. If he wanted to devour his, his, your world and he set up his cosmic blender, you were through. You were history. So, so and, and, and going back and forth, I've already spoken to the Stanley, you know, Ryan Seacrest, the host of Marvel Comics aspect of it. Look, Stan was very eloquent. They're speaking Stan's words, but Jack would have you, would would make very substantial claims along all the collaborations he did with Stan that he would create these. Stan would say, Jack, hey, Jack, it's Stan. We need a space tyrant for the next issue. And Jack would say, chomping on his cigar, all right, then I'll get it done. And he would create Silver Surfer, and he would create Galactus and the Ultimate Nullifier, and he would visualize the Watcher and the Inhumans. And it's hard to argue with the two men's, this is where it always comes down to, just sidebar, my two cents. When, they, when the two split, Jack continued to be a creative dynamo, and, and Stan eventually, very shortly after, quit writing comics at all. And then he would come back about five, six maybe seven years later and do the first issue of She-Hulk and then be gone. He wanted to make a female uh, She-Hulk at a time they were doing female counterparts to all their characters to protect the copyright. Spider-Woman, She-Hulk, and Ms. Marvel came out all within the same time frame because they were really keen on, they didn't want anyone else creating female versions of their characters who may have been opted, like like if Universal, while they were making the Hulk, wanted to make a She-Hulk, Stan wanted to make sure that they got there first, that Marvel had that first, and it wasn't something that Universal could create and then have some you know, claim to. Jack went on to create thousands more incredible stories, build thousands more worlds after his collaborations with Stan. The evidence, if you're judging by the smell and the eye test, uh, Jack has some compelling arguments. He would claim that he would deliver these stories with their intent and the notes and, and guidelines, full penciled renderings, and then Stan would do the final scripts on them. Bottom line, the two of them came together to make some amazingly entertaining work. Uh, if Stan was just the script, then the script read beautifully. Uh, I, I loved reading Galactus's uh, tone, tenor, his 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 cosmic ponderings, the Watcher's cosmic ponderings in 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 response, trying to settle Galactus and and veer him away, and Reed, who as the most brilliant mind in the Marvel universe, is trying to you know navigate around this. I got to be honest, the Galactus story, the Galactus, you know, uh, this trilogy would make the very best movie adaptation. Uh, we all go, oh, this is what I would like to see as a movie. Look, 
This story from 1965 has never been given its proper due. And were it to be depicted in this manner, 40, Fantastic Four 48, 49, 50, with today's amazing special effects, the kind of stuff that Cameron brings to bear when he shows us his avatar. Look, the reason I want to see also Avatar, and I don't care if it's three hours, is because I want, I want to look at that world. I want to visit that world. I want to be in it. I want to look at it. I want to stare at it. I want to have my eyeballs filled with those images. Images matter. Galactus is the most powerful of all the images that I believe Jack Kirby ever summoned, ever generated. It belongs and lives in the pages of the Marvel Universe, in Marvel Comics, with the Fantastic Four. I want this trilogy adapted. This is my, you know, vote. Do I believe the Galactus Trilogy is the greatest story Marvel ever produced? I do. I stand by it. If it makes you seek it out and enjoy it, you will not regret it. You will not regret it. Uh, Today, we had to go there. This Galactus toy ignited in me a passion and a fire, and, and, and you could see it in my eyes. My wife was like, wow, I've never seen you. I thought, I thought Venom Pool, I thought Red Snake Eyes was sending you over the, the, you know, off the cliff with, with your enthusiasm, but Galactus did it. It, 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 um, just nailed it. And if, if I haven't mentioned already the fact that the Galactus toy comes with Nova, Frankie Ray, uh, Silver Surfer, and it's not Tyrax. Is he, is he Moog, Mog? I don't know. There's three, three of the Heralds. One I'm semi-familiar with, two I'm really familiar with, but it makes the packaging even better. Look, I don't know if you can get any more of these. Again, this was a two years ago uh, fulfillment of a uh, crowdfunding initiative that that Hasbro put forth, and this Galactus delivers every Galactus story you're ever going to read is going to entertain you, but none is better than his introduction when he is first faced with destroying our planet and the Fantastic Four and the Silver Surfer rally to our defense. It is an all-time classic. It deserves all of your attention and if it makes you read those issues before uh with with, because you're going to open up wrapping up the inhuman story in fantastic 448 maybe you go get fantastic 444 45 46 47 and then you get 48 49 50 and you read this man this monster 51 and then you go into you know meet wakanda and and encounter black black panther in the subsequent issues this is the greatest run Ever. The Fantastic Four is the crown jewel for this reason. The worlds, the, uh, the, 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 the new characters, just the building out of the greater Marvel Universe from going deep into the cosmos uh, because the Inhumans have, have cosmic ties as well to this, you know, space god that Jack Kirby shared. He's, he went to the Bible. Silver Surfer's a fallen angel. Galactus is God. He, he, he brought it all to bear. I encountered them when I was a kid. That that these stories have have only refined themselves when I revisited them as a prof- as a professional. When when Jim served them to me, Jim Valentino, as like, hey, let this inform your storytelling going forward. Seeing them again, I saw them through adult eyes, and I was immediately transformed by the magic once again, except on an elevated form. You guys, Galactus, Fantastic Four, whether it's the toy, whether it's one of his many adventures, there's that John Byrne, like I said, issues uh, uh, 243, or the Avengers team up with the Fantastic Four to to take on uh, Galactus and Spider-Man and, and Daredevil realize that they can do nothing but sit this one out. These are fantastic, fantastic stories. Galactus is as A-A-A-A-A-list as, as it gets. 
Do I want to see this adapted as a movie? Do I want to see a, you know, I'll take a 10-story Galactus. I'll, I'll, I'll take a 20-story Galactus. Let's let's get those low camera angles from his feet hovering at, at, at 20 stories above, and he himself is also 20 stories. And let's sweep around. Let's give, let's give some of that incredible cinematography the same attention that we give to those waves. You know, it, crashing through Manhattan and flooding everyone in the day after tomorrow, or or you know, uh, uh, Armageddon, all, all of the the the, the ca- cosmic catastrophe, the, the 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 impact of the of the of the of the meteor and deep impact. Let's get give that kind of sweeping imagery to depicting the size, volume, strength, and 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 presence of Galactus. That's what I'm all about. This toy unlocked so much joy for me, not nearly as much joy as all the years of all these great stories. So by all means, uh, dig these out, understand what my nephews see when they see as when they see Galactus, when they react, Oh, everybody's got to get Galactus. I'm going to tell you the holidays are coming. And when they see this and the fence that I'm going to build around it, cause you can't touch this toy. Hey kids, let me tell you right now. In, 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 in some instance where, where my nephews listen to this, uh, look, but don't touch for the new Galactus straight from uncle Robbie. Okay. Uh, Everybody, thank you for listening. As always, seek these issues out. Seek this talent out. I love comic books, man. I love comic books so much for this reason. Galactus, the Galactus trilogy, just as epic as they ever come. You guys know that at the end of every episode of Rob's Reactions, I read your most generous reviews. You guys leave these reviews uh, on on the different platforms. Many are left on the Apple platform, and I read them at the end of every episode, and I've been doing this for a couple of years now. Your reviews, your positive five stars, your enthusiasm for this show as committed to by these reviews help our show stand out, help help us um, you know, really, really separate ourselves from this platform. And you guys, we are just... Uh, I'm so appreciative of all of the the viewers and the listeners that you guys are bringing forth, the listeners that you guys are are, are bringing with your word of mouth, the comic stores that play this, uh, you guys that play this in your stores on your on your commutes, you guys share how much you 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 listen to this when you're out jogging, exercising. I am so thrilled that you are taking me along for these rides and that you're promoting me today. I'm going to read to you from a review that came from Canada. This is from Chris Dahl in Toronto. Chris Dahl in Toronto. He gives us five stars. Thank you, Chris. It says, highly entertaining, extremely informative. It says, Rob brings it every single time. He brings the stories. He brings the history. He brings the impressions. And most of all, he brings the receipts. I am five years younger than Rob. I started consuming comics in the late 70s, collecting in the mid 80s. I was there when Rob came on the scene. I love this behind the scenes image stories. As much as his Marvel and industry history, Rob brings a unique perspective to his podcast. His enthusiasm is infectious. He brought me back to collecting comics after so many years away. Keep up the great work. Chris Dahl, Toronto, Ontario. He put this on the Apple podcast in Canada. Chris, thank you. If you, if, if you are buying more comics, then I am elated. I, it all starts with the comics. We don't get the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, talking to you, Luke, Luke Liefeld. <laughs> I'm an MCU. Uh, Dad, I'm a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan. Okay, but you don't get there without the blood, sweat, and tears of geniuses like Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, you know, Wally Wood, all the greats, John Buscema, Neil Adams. It's the comic books that have built this firmament that the bigger, larger universe, this pop culture menu that I mentioned at the top has been uh, created from. So let's give it up uh, for the comic creators. Thank you so much, Chris. I hope you're enjoying all the new comics that you guys are after. You you know, at the end here, I tell you all the social media platforms. I'm, uh, I'm on Twitter. Twitter, I am 
Robert Liefeld. R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. I have a blue check that says it's really me. I've had it for about a decade. I'm so grateful. It separates me from all the phony Robs, and there are phony Rob accounts, and sometimes they're funny, but sometimes they can be dangerous. That that blue check is not going to solicit you for um for a donation or money or or whatever. Uh, the blue check helps tell you that we are who we are and don't accept any substitutes. Robert Liefeld on Twitter. Look me up on Twitter. Follow me. I love talking to you guys. I love our 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 discussions back and forth, the mentions, the DMs, all the crazy uh, conversations that we have over there. Thank you. I am on Instagram, one of my favorite platforms, at Rob Liefeld. I got the R-O-B-L-I-E-F-E-L-D over there on Instagram. Just Rob Liefeld. Look me up. Love to read your messages, your comments, your DMs, all of the different ways that we interact. I love hearing from you all. Um, it's it's so fun. I, I love to obviously share my life and my work. It's kind of a mixed uh, diary of my life, my family, my friends, the stuff that I do, the stuff that I love, toys like Galactus, along with the drawings, the stuff that I'm doing. I'm creating pages. Uh, currently, I'm, I'm I'm doing the new Deadpool series, Batterblood. I'm doing a, a brand new creator-owned series called Airborne, which kicks off a whole new era of of kind of new characters and creativity for me. I'm doing all manner of covers. So uh, check me out. Follow me on Instagram at Rob Liefeld. Again, I have a blue check. I love interacting with you guys. If you haven't downloaded this collectible app named Whatnot, called Whatnot, the Whatnot app is where all of the great new commerce is going down. You want apparel, sports apparel, pop culture apparel, anime apparel. You want kicks, uh, cool shoes. Uh, you want trading card games, collecting cards, uh, old cards, old sports cards, comic book cards. You want comic books, Funko Pops, toys, original art. It's there for you. My page, my uh, moniker is Rob Liefeld. Look for Rob Liefeld on whatnot. Get the, get the app, download it, sign up, get ready. Uh, you're going to start spending because people have all manner of stuff that you 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 want. They have slab books. They have high-grade books. I have exclusive Whatnot comics. We did a Whatnot Spider-Man exclusive. We did a Whatnot Brigade for the 30th anniversary of Brigade exclusive. We have a Deadpool exclusive. I have a brand new Deadpool, two brand new Deadpool covers coming through Whatnot. I cannot wait for you guys to jump on and interact with this platform. And, and it's a live auction bidding selling we have a buy it now store so during my uh whatnots you can go into my store it's not auction driven the buy it now section you can buy all manner of different pins pouches yes we have pouches um drawings uh, uh remarks where i do little drawings on comics and our exclusives chromebooks glow in the dark books, so much more in our buy it now and then during the course of the show i will give and draw do remarks on toys comics uh you know, action figures and some of my original art. Check it out. I am on whatnot. I want you to join me there. Follow me. Uh, we do shows on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and that is the best time to catch me. That's when my shows go live. But when you're not, just shop around. There are so many great stores, uh, gazillions of online stores for you to interact with over on whatnot. Give it a shot. Look me up. Hang out with me during my live streams. On Facebook, I have a group. It's called Rob Liefeld. An extreme group. You'll know that that's the group you're supposed to be at because either myself or a man named Terry Sala, S-A-L-A, will click you through as administrators. That's how you know it's really our group. We discuss all of my different uh, career, the titles, the characters, as well as the stuff that I've worked on that I didn't create, but I've had um, you know different runs on, like Hawkman, like Deathstroke, like 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 Grifter. Like the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, Captain America, all of it, Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe. You guys check it out, interact with us. We have tons of fun. We have drawing contests. Um, all, all, all sorts of cool stuff is shared on that group. We are that that group is on fire right now. Seek us out on Facebook. It's Rob Liefeld and Extreme Group. That's how you know it's really us. 
You know, at the end of every episode, I check in with you. I want to know that you are doing well mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. It's important. The way that I do it, part of me opening up Galactus and assembling that, I felt the endorphins. I was on another level. Like I said, my family noticed it. Oh my gosh, my son's like, Dad, could you add more fun? He saw, he saw what I was doing. He saw what I was doing. He's like, Dad, you, you look like you're just in, in, in another place, happiness level. Me interacting with a plastic version of one of my favorite costume uh, characters and the best costume design ever was just get elated. It made me elated. It made me excited. It carried me throughout the rest of the day. A good comic book, a great movie, a great streaming series, um, accompanied with a great slice of pizza, a taco, an enchilada, a burrito, some Chinese takeout, a cupcake, a hamburger. Um, yeah, don't eat all these at once. Not advice. Not all at once. But, you know, kick back, have some fun. Even The Rock and, and some of these um, beautiful talents on Instagram show their cheat days. Okay? I'm talking about cheat days. But, but this inspires you. That you're going to cheat. By reading an entire comic run, you're going to go get Fantastic Four, 44 through 56, and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is in fact, even though it's it was made, you know, five decades ago or longer, this is the greatest run of comics ever. Two guys at the, three guys, Joe Sin at the anchor, three amazing talents at the top of their game. It unlocks your uh, creativity, inspires you. That's what I'm rooting for. I am rooting for you. Feed yourself, feed your soul. And, and, on the, and come out on the other side uh, stronger, uh, sharper, more, more, um, more inspired than you have ever felt before. That is my hope for you. I'm rooting for you. I am high-fiving you uh, through this podcast. Always rooting you on the same way I know that you guys are rooting me on. Thank you for listening to me and, and another fun episode. Uh, we'll be back with a Rob's Recommends real soon. And, uh, and, and you guys know where I am. S- swing back by. I'm, I'm, I'm here at the cul-de-sac. I am waiting to see you. We most definitely, absolutely, assuredly, positively will talk again real soon.